Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record podcast. I have two weirdos here with me today, but they're successful weirdos, so <laughs> they're allowed to be weirdos. I'm your favorite client, is that what you were going to say? Loki. Yes, I know. I just wanted you to say that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When you say barked, mm. you mean asper barked? Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you not say boo? I do. <laughs> welcome to the second season of the Broken Record podcast. Let's have a good time. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Broken Record podcast. I'm so sorry that I haven't put out a new episode in two weeks. Um, it's been a stressful two weeks. I was shooting a report that basically took up all of my time and la-di-da-di-da. I'm not going to bore you with the entire story, but so much has been happening all across the world um, over the past few weeks. And in Ghana, um, members of the LGBTQI plus community have been facing serious oppression. And today we're going to be discussing what's been going on in Ghana. Um, in just a few seconds, I'll be putting a call across to Angel Maxine. Angel Maxine described herself as Ghana's first transgender musician. She's a cook, a model, an actress, a stylist, and also an advocate for the LGBTQI plus community in Ghana. I'm hoping that we can get a better sense of exactly what things have been like recently um, through the experiences of a member of the community herself. So let's call Angel Maxine. Hey Maxine, thanks a lot for agreeing to speak to me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you too? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Where are you exactly at the moment? Are you in Accra? Currently, I'm in Accra. Okay, okay, nice. And how's 2021 going for you? Has it been a good start to the year so far? Uh, so far, so good. 2021 um, started on a quite a brighter note and everything went down the drain. Uh, we are still fighting for it so far, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's definitely why um, I wanted us to have this conversation today so that we can talk about everything that members of the LGBTQI community in Ghana have been experiencing over the past few weeks yeah. and um, shed more light on the situation through the first-hand experiences of someone within the community, that person being you. Um, but before yeah. we do touch on the recent happenings, I'd like to know more about you as a person, um, who Maxine is, where Maxine grew up, and all of that. Okay, so um, let me say hello again to your listeners. So I am Angel Maxine. I am a transgender woman living in Ghana, and I happen to be the first Ghanaian transgender musician. Um, I am a, I'm a cook, I am a model, I'm an actress, a, blood, a brand influencer, a stylist, and I, I'm an advocate for the LGBT community in Ghana. That's the tra and I represent the transgender community in Ghana. Um, I was born in Accra, in Usu, and um, I I lived all my life growing up in Accra. Then I had to move to Tema, where my dad is living now. I had to move there, and also, you know, I went to school. I, I went to Ghana Secondary School, that's a thing, Kufuridia. Then I came, I did um, visual arts in school, that's a senior high school. 
from senior high school, I went to the Polytechnic, that is Kuforija Polytechnic, where I did hospitality management. Then I came to University of Ghana, where I did food safety and nutrition. Then I came to Regional Maritime University, where, you know, I, I'm, I was, I'm a cook, so I wanted to work on a ship as a chef on board. So I had to go to Maritime University to, you know, um, do some courses and get some certificates when they want me to go on board. Um, currently, I live in Accra. I do music. I do other petty trading and all that. I'm not into anything. So, you know, like any kind of um, strong business for now because of what is happening. I've not been um, able to get the opportunities to, you know, spread my wings so far. But so far, so good. Um, this is a little I can say about myself. Thanks, Maxine. It sounds like um, you've had quite a lot of adventures in life um, and you've definitely gone through quite a number of different opportunities. Um, how do you how do you balance everything? It seems as though even though you may say that they're little things, you do have quite a lot going on here from being a cook to being an artist, a stylist. How do you balance everything? Well, you know, before I came out as a trans, I was cooking. I was a I was a chef in in, in an institution. So, um, and you know, when I have time, I do makeup for people and other things. But when I came out as a trans woman, I lost my job, and um, I lost other things that was making me have income. You know, like people weren't employing me anymore. So I had to work from home. And even with that, when they know the food is coming from a trans person, I don't know, they feel disgusted about it. They don't want to eat it. Some people do, you know, they like it and all that. So anything that comes my way, if it's makeup, if it's, if it's food, if it's, you know, entertainment and all that, anything that comes, I grab it for now. For now, I'm not really um, having, let's say, um, a, a, a job in quotes like I'll say a job that I depend on but I'm depending on just the little little things I'm doing around yes mm. and how many years ago did you start going through your sex change um I started the transitioning you know I've always known myself as a woman since childhood it's just that I didn't have the education you know and how to go about it but everything started in 2018 when I finally decided that I will come out to the world for everybody to know who I am, actually. So I started as a cross-dresser. Um, I was doing my music and all that. I was cross-dressing for my shows and all that. Even though I had a lot of backlashes, it got to a point I had to stop the music, focus on school and other things, you know. Um, it hasn't been, you know... The rough the road has been quite rough as in quite rough, I'll say. What was your what was your childhood like? How would you describe your childhood? Um and also your younger years before the past few years um that you've spent transitioning, how would you describe your childhood and younger years? All right. My childhood, I grew up with my parents. And at a point my parents broke up, so I was with my mom. So my dad married another woman and came for us. And nobody complained about my behavior. 
I, I felt they liked it in a way because I was a very serviceable person. You know, I was taking care of my younger ones and all that. Even when my dad came to bring us to our, um, to live with our stepmother, I was still taking charge of my younger ones as, um, you know, as a senior. So I saw myself doing everything that women were doing. At a point, I had to... I took I took care of my dad, you know. I, I wasn't able to do certain things because of him. He had nobody when my stepmother left. He had nobody. He was alone. So I saw myself as a woman growing up. At age twelve, that is when I realized I was quite different. That is when I saw that no, um, keep um. When it was going to puberty, I saw my female friends growing breasts menstruating, I thought the um, the penis could change into a vagina and all that, you know. It was a whole confusion I was going through, but, you know, here in Africa, here in Ghana, you, you dare not go to your parents and tell them, mommy or daddy, this is what is happening to me and I don't understand it. How do you think about it? So mm. I had nobody to um, share my, my feelings to. So it was, and you know, at that time, I didn't have access to the internet to also learn about, you know, what was going on. And I, I, so I was just acting according to my feelings. I was just acting according to how I felt. And, you know, I could have backlashes, I could have people insulting me and all that, but I couldn't help it. That was me. So I grew up like that, knowing myself as a feminine, a feminine a male who was feminine, who did everything like a woman, who thought he was a woman, actually. You know, so that is how my, that's how I grew up. I grew up among my siblings, but I was just different among all of them. Just different among all of them. And in as much as you describe yourself as different, um, were your family at least able to understand your decisions or were they unable to understand the decisions um, that you've made? over the past few years? Um, at first, they didn't understand me. They were angry because um, they, were, they, were, they were thinking, um, I'm disgracing the family, it's not our culture, it's not like this, it's not like that. Every day we had issues, I had to, you know, banter with them all the time. But I had to sit down, I had to sit my mom down and talk to her and told her that, look, let me tell you something. This is how I feel. This is what I think about myself. And this is how it's going to be. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of hiding. I just want to be myself. No, look, I want to be in this music thing. And this is this is my passion. That is what I love doing. I love singing for people. Because that's the only way I can express myself to people confidently. So please, I want you to understand me. That I want to transition. Being a woman makes me more comfortable than being a man. So please, I need your help. Help me convince my siblings and my dad. Let them understand who I am. You know, she cried. And because, you know, she has taken me to churches. She has um, done everything possible she could do as a mother and as a prophetess as well. So it was disturbing to her, but she realized that, look, I was still going on and going on and on and on and on and on. So he, he, he had to start talking with my siblings. 
you know, gradually and all that. So my siblings accepted who I was. And they accepted who I was actually because they realized that I wasn't um, using my transitioning for something negative. They saw that I was um, doing positive things. They realized that, you know, I'm doing music, I'm doing advocacy, I'm cooking, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. You know, they realized that I was using for something positive. So they all backed me up. Excluding my father, who was skeptical because um, he's quite a, how will I even put it? He's, um, he's quite, uh, he's, he's somebody known, you know, and he, 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 he has some rules and all that he plays here, in this here. like he has been in politics and all that. So he, he sees it as, you know, tarnishing his image or had built reputation. But sometimes when he complains, I say, look, you had your life. What you wanted to do with your life, that's what you did. That's what you did. And I cannot continue suffering and pretending to be something else when I am not. So I'm so sorry I have to disappoint you and I have to break your heart, but this is me. This is me. I am not ready to please anybody again anymore. You know, so after that, they realized that I started building self-confidence and um, the low self-esteem I had started going down. At first, I was this kind of person. Anybody could just walk up to me and say anything to me. Anybody could just walk up to me and just use me, do this, do that and all that. But now, you dare not come in front of me, excuse me to say. You cannot just come like, you know, so like they realized the change. That's when they all give the support. Even though my dad is a little reserved about what I'm doing, so far with my nuclear family, I would say, they support me. It's just, I have just one, one few extended families who also understand what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I've never met you before, and I will say I am very proud of you for simply owning your truth, um, who you are, and you. not letting anyone stand in the way of that. How how have you been coping recently with everything that's been going on in Ghana with the serious oppression of members of the LGBTQI community? It hasn't been easy for us here. For me, me for instance, it hasn't been easy for me. You know, I love to talk about this thing. In as much as I want to talk, I love to talk about this thing. I am quite careful with the kind of things I say. Because, you know, I've become, I'm a public figure here and most people look up to me. You see, um, so many, like... I have a lot of people who depend on me, some for accommodation, for, you know, financial reasons and all that, you know, and all that. Now, it has become like I've been locked up in um, a corner, you know. Um, I, I can't support those people I used to anymore because me, myself, I, I can't go out. I've moved from where I live and I'm going to live somewhere with a friend because... Um, I was put on the radio that the police is looking for me for advocating for the LGBT and bringing my face out and talking and all that, you know. So I had to, it's been frustrating for me. Um, 
I'm not having, you know, you're not getting jobs to do. Now you have to stay out home, locked up, you can't go out, you can't do certain things you used to do anymore. It's frustrating. It's really, really frustrating and it's, it's, it's depressing. That's, how I, I, that's what I will say right now. What sparked all of this? Was it the, was it the opening of the LGBTQI Community Centre in Ghana? What was it that sparked yes. the current outrage? Yes, um, what happened was, you know, um, the LGBTQI community in Ghana, they um, were able to, we got a safe space, like an office where people could reach out to, where people could channel their problems, their, you know, everything there. So they had a launching of the safe space and they posted it on social media. So um, I think they posted it after a week or two, before people went to, um, people start taking the pictures and making stories out of it. And the whole thing escalated on radio, on TV, everywhere. You know, that is what happened. That is actually um, the, the, the main cause. It's because they opened the safe space, the office. That is what brought all these issues up. And did you see this coming, um, this clamping down on people like you, members of the LGBTQI plus community? Are you surprised that this has happened? And um, how long have you had to leave home for now? I, I am not surprised because I knew it would come. I knew this is not something people would easily accept. But I was happy too because... Um, it has created an awareness to make people know that, yes, we exist in our numbers here in Ghana. I've lived home for, let's say, two weeks. I haven't gone to my home. I've, I've, I'm still here. Sometimes I will just leave and go to another place because I don't want people to you know, know the exact place where maybe they want to find me, they can get me. Yes. I'm so sorry to hear about all of this. And at the end of the day, no one should have to live this way. Um, why I'm not surprised is, of course, the the same oppression is faced by members of the LGBTQI plus community here in Nigeria as well. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Maxine, because being transgender doesn't translate into being gay. And we know that there yeah. are anti-gay laws existing in Ghana, like there are in Nigeria. But are there any laws that stop you from having a sex change? Yes, you know... Um our law here, the unnatural canon knowledge, that is what um, they are standing on right now. The only thing, when they hear about LGBT, the only thing they think about is sex. They think they want, people, um, they want um, it to be legalized so people can have um, sex freely and get married and all that. When anything comes, about, uh, comes out up about LGBT, the only thing they think about is sex. You know, so that is the only thing. They don't think about the safety. They don't care if they are human beings. They don't care if you're trans, if you feel this way or that. All they center on is sex. But they forget that unnatural canon knowledge applies to both a male and a female. Because if you're having an sex with a woman, it's an unnatural canon knowledge. And that's what they forget. But because... You know, because of the myths and misconceptions they have, when they hear anything LGBT, then it's about a man who wants to sleep with a man, who people want to legalize, a woman wants to sleep with a woman, and blah, blah, and all that. 
And how does it make you feel? I mean, how much hope do you have um, for your safety and your acceptance in society over the years? Do you feel as though things are going to change? And I'm asking particularly because it doesn't look as though Ghana's lawmakers and leaders are ready to enact the necessary change. Um, President Anakufado came out to say that he's not going to um, he's not going to take away Ghana's anti-gay laws. How does it make you feel when yeah. you when you hear all of these things and you see the stance of your leaders i feel so bad i feel weak i feel that these people don't see us as human beings i feel that um like we've been sold we're in bondage we've been locked up that's how i feel i feel so uh, i i i feel depressed knowing that and such thing will come from a president who, you know, um, who is open-minded, who has traveled all around the world and know what's going on. But I don't blame him so much because the pressures on him is too much. You know, coming from the religious bodies, coming from the um, lawyers, coming from this, coming from that, that, that. Everybody is pressuring one person. So he has no choice than to I, you know, make a stance on it. And, you know, with this kind of issue, you have to be uh, practical about it. Because if you are not really practical about it, you end up um, uh, making certain mistakes. So, the son, the president was okay, but I expected him to also know that we are human beings and our rights is supposed to be respected, no matter what we are or what we do. That is what I, I expected the president to really point on. That, look, maybe he could put it like, um, um, it's criminal to be, it's not criminal to be LGBT. It's not criminal for a man to love a man. It's not criminal for a woman to love a woman. What's the criminality they talk about is maybe having a natural common knowledge. Fine. But he should know that we are Ghanaians and we are human beings and our rights are supposed to be protected. We need that security. We don't want to go out, we want to move out in fear, walking and always your ears is around, you know, thinking somebody wants to hit you, somebody wants to beat you, somebody wants to abuse you. You know, that is what we, we I expected him to talk about, which he didn't. And it saddens my heart, honestly. You're really you're you're just so brave, Maxine. Do you do you fear for your life on a daily basis? Yes, I do. I do always. Sometimes I can sleep and wake up. You know, panic to wake up, thinking somebody might be standing in the window holding a gun to just shoot me. I have that nightmare all the time, all the time. Sometimes I wish I was not even in Ghana. I wish I was outside Ghana. Living outside Ghana and advocating for the LGBT rights in Ghana. You know, it's just like I am in the lion's den. So you just have to be careful so you don't step on the lion's tail. Because then if you step on the lion's tail, it's going to turn around and, and bite you up. I always walk in fear. I'm always afraid. I find it difficult to sleep at night because I sometimes I feel somebody is just there to just hurt me or just to kill me. Even to walk on the streets to even buy certain common things, I can't do it anymore. I feel like my life is just locked up. But what can I do? I can't I can't also pretend 
and you know, um, please people all the time. Is this um is this the most unsafe that you have felt ever since you transitioned, or have there been other moments in time where you have felt this unsafe, where you've had to leave your home, where you feel as though you can't walk on the streets or work anymore, or is this the first time that you're really feeling um this vulnerable? I've felt unsafe all my life. I felt unsafe at times when I go to certain places. I feel unsafe, but this this is the very first time in my life that I have to leave my home because I fear because I fear for my life. This is the very first time I've been scared. I sat down and asked myself, "That God, why did I do this? There are so many people out there like me, but they are hiding and they are safe because they can move around." each day and go and come, but my faith is out there. Like, what have I put myself into? What have I done to myself? But I mean, I can't blame myself for anything because I expected them to know that this is it and they didn't want to and I couldn't live a life of lies. And I, I, I just said to myself that if anything happens to me today, if anything happens to me tomorrow, at least I've lived my truth, and that is what matters. Because I can't do anything again. There's nothing I can do to myself again than to just... I, I feel like... Um, I don't want to say I'm obsessed Christ, but I feel like somebody who has just laid their life down to save others. And anything could happen to me at any time. I feel my life is at risk. I feel anybody can just you know, spots me and just hurts me at any time. And this is one of the worst feelings I've ever felt in my life. I've never felt like this before. I'm so sorry that you're having to go through this. Um, it's unacceptable for anyone to feel unsafe because of who they are. And we have to be able to get to a stage where people's choices are not criminalized. And... I really yeah. don't want you to look back and regret the fact that you've been vocal, regret the fact that you've owned your truth, because in owning your truth, you've also grown to be the person that you are today. And um, yeah. I'm just so sorry that so much pressure and worry is falling on you for simply just being who you are. Um, yeah. No one should have to, no one should have to go through that at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't regret coming out. I never regret coming out. But what, what I fear for is my life. The only thing I fear for is my life. But I don't regret a day because all the things I felt I missed when I was young, everything I missed when I was growing up, I feel like life has started all over again. I'm picking up from you know, from where life stopped for me, from where I felt hopeless, where I felt nobody loved me, where I felt nobody cared. I've picked up life from there. It has made me stronger. It has made me a better person. Because if it was before, by now, I, I, I could have been thinking of suicide. Trust me, I could have been thinking of suicide. But I haven't had any of those thoughts. But... The only thing I believe in is that help will come. That is what I believe in. 
Yes. Yeah. And why has it been particularly important for you to be vocal about your journey to ensure that you own your truth? Um, you describe yourself as Ghana's first transgender musician. Um, you're yeah. very, very vocal about everything that you are going through and have been through. Why is this something that is so important to Angel Maxine? Because I know how it feels. I know how it feels. The situation I came in from, I know how it feels. So I just use myself as an example for people who are like me to feel free. You don't need to transition, but just be yourself. Be vocal. Just stand on your on your feet and stand on your ground. And when you say yes, let your yes be yes. You know, I have put myself down to encourage people, to empower people. Because so far, so good. I can see that people have really, people have come out and be themselves. They're not on radio, they're not on TV or anywhere. But when they see me, they have hope. And that's what, that's what I'm fulfilled. Like, that's my fulfillment. I, I, it makes me happy that I, I, I am a role model to others. What people feel could not be possible Somebody has done it, meaning that there's nothing impossible to do, you know, and that's what, that's what, what I'm fulfilled when it comes to that. Absolutely nothing impossible to do. And I just love your energy and how positive um, you are. And you just seem like someone who just keeps on going and keeps on going. How do you maintain your mental strength with the amount of backlash that I'm sure comes your way? You know, I'm going through all these things since childhood I grew up. I've had people insult me, abuse me, I've been molested, I've been raped, I've been blackmailed, I've been evicted from where I rented before, I've lost jobs, you know, all these things, I've gone through cyberbullying, all these things have empowered me, all these things have made me strong. So when I see certain things, I just laugh over it, I just feel like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, just leave them to run, they'll be fine, don't worry, you know, I just feel like, look, this thing has to be said by somebody, yes, I will say it. You know, I feel like, yes, I know my rights. I'm a human being, I'm a Ghanaian. And anything that concerns Ghana concerns me. So I have the right to speak out. Mm -hmm. That is how I've empowered myself. So I say anything that happens without fear because of freedom of expression, freedom of, of speech. Unless you tell me that I cannot articulate, I cannot speak, then I have... And then I have a, 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 I have a bone to pick with you because I am a Ghanaian and I'm a human being, I'm a citizen. I pay my tax, my taxes. So I have the right to come out and say anything that bothers me. I have the right to put people correct. You know, that is it. That is the power I possess. And nobody can take that thing away from me. You're such an exceptional woman because, um, wow. 
wow, you do possess a lot of power and I'm so glad that you know and you hold on to the power that you possess and um, you use it to do as many good things as you can. Um, at the end of yeah. the day, that's that's the beauty in humanity, isn't it? Um, and yes, and, and, and yeah. one, thing that makes, one thing that makes me happy is when I go into my DM and I see messages of people saying, oh, I used to hate people like you, but now you've enlightened me. I love you. I used, I used to see messages like, oh my God, I wanted to commit suicide. Listening to you today have made me have a change of mind. When I hear, when a parent comes to my DM and tells me, I have a child like you. Now you've shown me, you've taught me to show that child love. And that is what I'm going to do. I find fulfillment in that. And that makes me happy. That's beautiful. That is beautiful, Maxine. And what's happening now regarding the the LGBTQI plus um, center that was shut down? What's the latest update with that? And right now, the place has been shut down and nothing is going on now. But we are still in advocacy and, you know, still trying to get people to come on board. And I think the government wants to criminalize um, the LGBT now. And that is what we are fighting for. So they don't feel like other foreign aids will come together and stop that thing because it, 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 will be, it will be a disaster. It will really be a disaster if they criminalize it. Because that's what most of the people, the so-called big men out there, are planning to do now. Hmm. Yes. Honestly, I'm, um, I'm shocked but not surprised, you know? Um, these are things that you just would hope that we didn't still have to speak about in 2021 Um, things that we would hope that we could speak about as issues of the past Um, but they are still right in in everybody's faces and for people like you um, members of the LGBTQI plus community um, I, I can't even begin to pretend that I can even imagine how how you must feel um, having to live your life in that kind of fear every day. Um, you said that you're not sleeping because you feel like you're just going to wake up and someone is going to be there to attack you. Um, it's yeah. not fair for you to have to feel this way. And I hope you're taking time out as much as you can to look after yourself as well, Maxine, you know, um, take a yeah. break, take a breather. Yes, I, I am. I'm still, you know, you know, one thing I believe in in that. Eh, I don't believe um, I can be conquered. That is one thing I've 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 grown to believe about myself. You know, um, I've grown to I've grown to come up in a way that I don't I don't have to let people see that I am in pain. You know. I don't. I don't have to let them feel they've won. I don't have to let them rejoice because they feel that yes, they are. Um, they are the my, my, my majority. You see, you, you still have to keep your head straight and still do what you, you're doing, even though you are cautious in doing them. You still have to continue, you know, sharing your word and letting letting them know your stance. You see, yeah. so that is what I'm still, uh, even though I'm still on the low, I'm hiding. If you go on my social media, you, you will still see that, yes, 
I am on my stance and I'm saying what I'm saying and I'm bashing at them and I'm talking to all those hypocrites out there who are still going, who are married and still sleeping with men and sitting down on radio and TV and condemning it once they are still doing it, you know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, you said something at the start of our conversation today. You you said how um you essentially had to switch careers or um change your path um as a chef yeah. because when you yeah. went through your sex change, um a lot of people didn't want to order food from you anymore. I yeah. honestly honestly like I'm just I'm very sad to have to have to hear that. I'm very saddened to hear that. Um I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you. Uh, it was it was hell for me because you know what I used to do was um, I have people I used to cook for. Uh, I go to their homes, then I cook for them for the week. So let's say even uh, um, I I work on Saturday and Sundays. I go maybe on Saturday. I have like three houses. I go to cook, package everything for them. You know. Now when I came out and all that. When I call, oh, I want to come this this weekend, and oh, don't worry, we're okay. This that I try to you know venture other places like banks and all that. When they realized it was Angel Magazine, they didn't want to. Like it's really affected me. Trust me, it has really affected me. You know, it's really affected me to the point that. Um, I, I was sucked from where I was living, you know. I had to leave that. And I, I moved, like, I moved to, like, three or four places, which couldn't work. So I had to move back to my daddy's house, which was the only place that I wouldn't be, you know, thrown out, you know, on the streets. So I've, you know, I had my own place. I did a small food joint. They took it from me because... I was trans person when I became trans, you know, like, I've been taken to the police station, rent control, like, a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot. So right now, if I have to leave, yeah, then I have to leave at a place that, if I I still have to live here in Ghana, and I have to move from my daddy's house, I have to live in a place where, you know, you find people who are more understanding when it comes to LGBT areas where you can find people who are, you know, where they, are, they understand LGBT and all that. It, it has really affected me. And sometimes I say, look, if I wasn't strong, I know by now I would have just done something silly. Nothing can push me for now to do anything to really to myself. I'm just hoping that the right aid, the right help will come so that I can feel free and live my normal life as I used to live again. Yeah, and um, honestly, that's all I hope for you too. You deserve to feel free. You deserve to be free. Um, and I'm so sorry that you've had to go through all of this you're you're so strong angel maxine you you really are <laughs> let's speak about your music career um when did your yeah. journey in music start and how's it been going well the music started um in 2001 that is when the music started and um, that is when i i i started you know learning from 
listening to this podcast to go and definitely stream download um your latest single what did you say it's called again single sweetness it's called sweetness the dead the angel magazine if you type angel magazine sweetness you will see it so angel magazine songs it's on all digital platforms okay. yes and i'm yet i'm yet to release another one um that's Concerning the LGBTQI community, I'm here to release that one. I'm working on it as well. As I'm hiding here, I'm still working on it. 
Wow. Wow. So what are your plans for the rest of the year? I I hope things are definitely, I'm hoping things are going to um, get safer for you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the plans I have for this year, um, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I just pray that, you know, I believe that maybe anybody listening to me who is touched by my story and wants to come on board and help me, I appreciate this. Right now, it's either what I have in plan is to get a new apartment, you know, um, that will be will be a safe place for me. And um, at a point, if things get well, maybe I get myself a car to move around so that other people will not know I am the one passing by. I wouldn't have to take taxis and Uber and all that for my security. Or if I have the chance to even still travel outside Ghana, I could still travel outside Ghana and still do what I'm doing for Ghana. So these are my plans, you know, these are my plans. I just need people who understand me and come on board. People are out there who understand, but they are afraid they will be tagged. That is the only problem I have. They are afraid they will be tagged. But aside that, let's I, I, I want to tell people that they should take the negative part out of there and look at the positive side of me. Look at the positive side of the community and help. That's what I want to say. Thank you, Maxine. And before, just Thank before you, we sir. let you go, um, do you have any anything else that you'd like to say to everyone listening to this episode regarding the rights of yourself and the entire LGBTQI plus community in Ghana? Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to tell everybody that we are humans. No matter how we're created, we are humans. God created us all differently and uniquely, and we are all special. We are all special in our own different ways. Don't hate, don't judge. If you don't understand something about somebody, get closer to the person and learn. Because if you come and ask me, Angel, why is it that you're a man and you're like a woman? Why is it that you feel that you're supposed to be a man? Look, this is an answer I've been asking myself since I was born, and I have no answer for this. And I know whoever is listening to me now is saying to themselves, that why do these people behave like this? Honey, I won't see fire and put my hand inside because I know it will burn me. God is the only one that has the answers. And I want to tell people like me, don't be afraid, don't panic. Be yourself and be you and be the truth you are. Nobody can do anything to you except you give yourself to them to do what they want with you. Love yourself. Love yourself and love everybody. Free your mind. Have a clear conscience about everything. And you will live with peace. You will find peace within your heart. And anybody who wants to support is free to come on board. They can DM me or they can contact you. And how you know we can we can take it from there. Thanks, Maxine. Happy International Women's Day. And um, how can Thank people you. follow you on Thank social you. media if they'd like to um, get in touch with you or find out more or listen to your music? How can people find you? Okay, so um, 
they can get in touch with me on my Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. It is Angel Magazine TV. That's my social media handles, Angel Magazine TV. Or they can send me a mail, a mail at uh, info.angelmagazine at gmail.com. Info.angelmagazine at gmail.com. And send me a mail there. Thank you so much, Angel Maxine, for your time today, for your strength, your courage, um, and for speaking up, not just for yourself, but for an entire community that's currently being oppressed and should not be oppressed. Um, Please stay safe, and um, I hope things look up for you over the next few months. Um, Sure. And thank you so much for coming on the Broken Record podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so for having me and thank you listeners too. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.